Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and its spin-off Angel. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us at patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. A couple hundred years ago, the only thing you had to worry about was a hangover. Tell me you're an investigator. More or less. Today, because of your curse thingy, you can't sleep with anyone. Not a taint. I'm your boss. Or else you might feel a moment of true happiness. You got already an addiction to the brooding part of life. Lose your soul. Except for the bulk of it, where I was nearly tortured to death. Becoming evil again. You're a demon hunter. Rogue demon hunter. And kill everyone. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Thanks, Cornelia. Welcome to Ale with Angel, everyone. I'm Josh. And I'm Rex. And boy, oh boy, is it nice to be back to good old reliable Guinness. Yeah. So smooth. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. Oh, yeah. All for mo. <laughs> My brain still thinks beer with Buffy when we do that. Like, as soon as we cracked it, I'm like, oh, it's beer with Buffy time. I did say ale with Angel, right? You did. Oh, thank God. <laughs> but, like, my brain skipped a beat. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, oh, shit, right. <laughs> Wrong show. My heart just skipped a beat. That's called angina. You can die from that. <laughs> so, today on Ale with Angel, we are reviewing Season 1, Episode 7, entitled The Bachelor Party. Yes, yes, yes. Keanu Speed Rex. Reeves be with you. Damn right, Reeves be with me. Hey, Rex, you want to read all of our executive producers and give a big shout out thank you to all of our Patreon supporters? Why, yes, I do. Meredith McCaslin, Rose Clark, C in quotes heaps, Andy Burgess, K Fronome, Father Defenestrato, Alexandria Ware Van Brunt, Kelly McAdams, Shuby Pathic, Carol Jude, Ale from the Heart and Carrie Phillips. Thank you so much. You literally make this show possible. Booyah. Getting it done every day. Well, every month. Uh, well. On a mostly regular basis. On a nominal payment <laughs> plan. And if you want to join our list of executive producers, all you have to do is go to patreon.beerwithbuffy.com and click some buttons. Also, you know, maybe throw your credit card number in there and uh, <laughs> make a choice. If you want, you can have us name your cats for the low, low price of $5 per month. You can subscribe to our cat naming services. Yes. Damn right. <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and read out a couple of our iTunes reviewers. People who are awesome, who took the time to go to iTunes or log into iTunes through the app or whatever and click that five stars and go the extra mile to write us a review to make our cold black whittle hearts go pitta-patta all through the evening and the day. <laughs> Insert time here. So our first one today is from Auntie Knowles. Back from February 1st, 2019, Auntie Knowles is actually an old friend of mine. And I went to high school with her. She's pretty awesome. She says, fantastic listen. Great recap of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Josh and Rex do a great job of covering the episodes and making it funny. I've already rewatched the entire series just from listening to their episodes and can't wait to rewatch them again each week so I can enjoy the podcast even more. Keep up the great work. I love your can-do consumerist hedonist attitude, <laughs> Auntie Knowles. I'm going to refrain from saying your real name because you're not like on our Patreon list or anything. And just in the interest of personal privacy, but you know who you are. Thanks a bunch. 
Next review is from CXP, as in Charlie X-Ray Papa, you know, like the phonetic alphabet there. CXP, 162-162430. While the number is CXP, 162430, <laughs> I'd like to know. Anyway, they reviewed us back on March 21st, 2019. Their title was LOL colon Pure Entertainment for the Ears. I've never watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I don't know why you'd admit that on your review of us, but okay. (laughs) But listening to Josh and Rex recap the episodes makes me feel like I have seen it. And it's better because these guys are hilarious. And occasionally highly inappropriate. Just saying. Uh, More than occasionally. (laughs) If he does say so himself. And I do. And he does. (laughs) The mom synopsis segment kicks off each episode. And if you're not lolling, what is wrong with you? I listen while I work, and it makes the long days go by quicker. I also like how they refer to Buffy and her friends as the Scooby Gang. Make sure to tune in. (laughs) Signed, The Bingeables Podcast. So, I mean, I may or may not have been on that podcast. Shut up. They reviewed us before you were on there, though. Yeah, it was well before I was on the podcast. But, hey, they're our podcast buddies. We can totally... You can give reviews to whoever the fuck you want. Yeah. Support your friends and your co-workers alike. Yeah, they're, they're friends of the podcast. Damn right. So thanks again, Chin Lin and Isaac. Cool, cool, cool. Let's see here. So that's our reviews from iTunes. If you want to review us on iTunes, that will be the number one best, most coolest way that you can support our podcast. Please do. And we'll say your name and we'll read your review on the podcast. And we'll love you forever. Yeah. Unless it's too raunchy, in which case iTunes will kibosh that shit. Yep. That means it's time for a parental synopsis. Joshua, what are you doing? Oh, just mixing three old containers of nuts together to get one amazing new container of nuts. (laughs) Why? Are you getting any kind of satisfaction out of life? Are you happy, Joshua? Well, I I just dreamt that I met Keanu Reeves, our lord and savior, at a comic book store where I was shopping for Bill and Ted action figures, and he totally psyched me out when I asked him to take a picture with me. So, you know, that made me pretty happy. All I'm saying, Joshua, is you got a crappy job. Three of them. You're hopeless. (laughs) I, I have a podcast in 2020. I'm just waiting for it to get big, man. You still live at your mom's house. Again, not still. When are you going to find someone to settle down with? You know, eat her ex's brains in ritual sacrifice, play charades. Wait, what? (laughs) I am cracked the fuck out. (laughs) All right, we're going to do this. (laughs) I I cannot believe I wrote this. (laughs) Oh, God. And that it passed a final review. So, (laughs) give me a second. (laughs) You know, eat a Rex's brains in ritual sacrifice, play charades. Wait, what? Brains, brains, the magical fruit. The more you eat, the more you... No, don't fucking change the subject, Dad. (laughs) Since when do you care about me being happy? When I decided not to eat your frontal lobe at birth, you little shit. That's fair. I just worry, Dad. <laughs> what What if I find a woman I like and her legs only bend one way? 
Well, then you'll use the soup spoon instead of the shrimp fork, ass. And then I'll keep looking. Great talk, Dad. Attaboy. <laughs> now, sometimes conversations don't go completely south with him. Man, getting a, getting a hell of a start off to today's episode. <laughs> so just as Cordelia decides that she's a little into Doyle, his wife decides to pop up and wants a divorce. And her fiancé wants Doyle's blessing. Unbeknownst to Doyle, his blessing is the equivalent of a verbal consent to eat his fucking brains in a demonic prenuptial ritual. Because, spoiler alert, Richard and his family are from an Animovic demon clan, and now his ex-wife Harry, yeah you heard me, like Potter, is an ethno-demonologist and fully aware of his demon heritage. But not aware that they want to murder Doyle, or else they refuse to allow Richard to marry Harry. Angel saves the day, Cordelia seems like she cares, which is kind of a new thing for her, and Doyle gets a cliffhanger vision about Buffy. The end. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 as the sun goes down, 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 Competition is a beautiful thing. And for once, we don't have a cold open. It's a dramatic open! <laughs> dramatic opening. Do I need to dramatically read something for you, Rex? No. Oh, good. Thank God, because I was not prepared for that. <laughs> I felt obligated to offer, though. I appreciate it. Willing to step up when, when necessary. Yeah, yeah, I do what I can, unless I can't, or something. We do that what we must, because we can you know, that makes me someday down the line want to just be like, oh, hold on, and call you up and put you on speakerphone. Hey, Josh, I need a dramatic reading. Shit, I promised him that exactly 14 years, <laughs> three months, two weeks, and seven seconds ago. Fuck. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Angel Investigations After Hours. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing going on. Boring as fuck. It's actually not a bad cricket. Thank you. Yeah. Is that my compliment for the year since I gave you one a few episodes ago? Uh, more like month. All right. I compliment a little yeah, well, more often Don't than get that. too fucking mushy. <laughs> All right. This is ale with angel, not fucking pudding with cherries on top and whipped cream with angel and eating it off of my stomach. You know. Are you are you channeling your fake dad? No. <laughs> I mean, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. You mean the fake apple? I never ate pudding off tree. of your stomach. <laughs> Not willingly, anyway. <laughs> okay. Dramatic <laughs> opening. Where Angel is engaged in a very exciting night. And Doyle's whining because he's bored and lonely and wants to drown his sorrows in booze. I mean, I can relate. Either way, it feels like episode two all over again in the beginning here. A little bit, yeah. And turns out he's just butthurt that Cordy has a date. Yeah, I, I do have to say, though, what the fuck is wrong with Doyle? Because he's like, two words for you. Sports, Sports bar. bar. Like, wait, what? No. No. Sports bars suck. They're bullshit. Oh, fucking TVs everywhere. And I hate TVs. Like, if you want to play pool and get a burger, that's fine. Go to a sports bar. But it's not like... Oh, that's the hot spot. Yeah, right there. Oh, give it to me. 
Yeah, I was well. accidentally channeling the dad yeah. character on. The I mean, the dad character is not actually based on my dad, so I can do whatever the fuck I want with him. <laughs> so yeah, Doyle's butt hurt because Cordy is going on a date with a rich guy named Pierce. Pierce, I forgot his name was Pierce. So yeah, of course he's fucking rich. And I'm really, it's fucking L.A. I'm surprised she didn't have a hundred guys a day trying to make her a trophy wife. You know? Right. Like, right. She, she's not, like, backwoods town pretty. She's rich girl pretty. Yeah. She comes from money. She just doesn't have any money anymore. She also knows how to dress like that. Yes, and she knows how to interact with rich people. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. I've been watching way too much Community because Pierce's uh, Chevy Chase's character oh, right. on Community. It just makes and me think of Hawkeye Pierce. You know, Alan oh, Alda yeah. from MASH. I never really watched MASH. Oh, I fucking love MASH. Quick shout out. If none of you, if any of you have not listened to the song Theme from MASH Guy, Google it and watch it right now because it's fucking amazing. I can't remember the name of the band. They're a comedy music troupe. Anyway... So I'm really glad that nobody has locked down Cordy yet because then we wouldn't get to enjoy her over here on Angel. So I'm not complaining. Right. So anyway, we get to meet Pierce. He's a twaffle. <laughs> he is definition twaffle. Very much a twaffle. Yeah, he is a twat on a waffle with, you know, not the, not the cheap syrup either. No. We're talking, I mean, real maple syrup always seems thinner to me but it's richer it's so much richer than yeah. that other thick nasty shit well, and he's full of money so therefore it's very very rich. very very rich you say <laughs> <laughs> there's fucking whipped cream and goddamn strawberries on that shit <laughs> and that's just at the kids table yes yeah <laughs> so angel gives him the fucking dad grill right and it's amazing it i fucking is. love it so angel's like Angel's like, what's your hurry? You didn't even introduce us because Gordy's trying to fucking beeline out the door. And she's like, Angel Doyle Pierce. Okay, bye. And then he's like, you work, Pierce? Oh, I trade. <laughs> I trade. Futures and options market. <laughs> good, good. Out to dinner. Le petit renard. Ah, Doyle. This is... Why I'm reading this all is this is one of my quotes of the day, and we need context. So Doyle yes. says, all right, nice spot. Duck is dry. <laughs> it's so <laughs> fucking, it's perfect. It's so butthurt, and hey, I'm you're not better than me all at the same time. Oh, yeah. uh, Angel finishes up with, so how late will you be? She's like, don't wait up. And she finally figures out their game and fucks off without yeah. responding anymore. It's like, don't engage, don't engage. <laughs> run, run. <laughs> Run, run for the hills. Yeah. <laughs> run for your life. So Doyle uh, perhaps finally accepts that Cordelia may never fall for his ample but unpretentious charms. Yep, that was actually one of the lines that I did write down. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. You pretty much handled it. Yeah, there it is. Doyle flips through a book and a picture of Buffy falls out. And he's like, ooh, look at this hottie. Yeah, of course. He's like, oh, what a stiffener or some shit. And he's like, hey, do you mind if I have a go at her? Yeah, I'm the Irish guy always looking for something to go at with my penis. With my great big Irish penis. 
Angel is unamused and gets very uncomfortable very quickly, which is Doyle's first clue that it's Buffy. Hey, at least Doyle picked up on it damn quick. Yeah, well... I think he should have had a clue before he even asked, but well, like, right? Like, who how, the who the fuck else would Angel have a picture of? Yeah, how many like, other fucking girlfriends does Doyle know of that Angel's had? As he's apologizing profusely to avoid defenestration, he has a vision. Yep. Oh, thank God, because this episode really wasn't going anywhere good otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they definitely needed to divert into something else real quick. So anyway, it's a dude, a kid, a kid dude that's about to be eaten by vampires in Doyle's vision. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, oh, thank God. Something to do to the Bangel Mobile. <laughs> the Bangel Mobile? Yeah, I couldn't think of any other good shortened version of the Bat Angel Mobile, yeah. which Bangel is also short for Buffy and Angel, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. So it doesn't really work, but it kind of works. Just realized though, Angel does in fact drive a large car, a large black vehicle with a very large engine, and he—it's a it's, convertible, so the top's always down. So he jumps into it just like the fucking Batmobile. It's very much like the Batmobile. Yes, that has to have been planned. I really think they were going for that. Like we've had this conversation, especially every episode has had just a little bit of that Gotham Night Stalker traveling by rooftop kind of feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And we get a little bit of that later, too. We do. We do get a little bit of that in this episode as well. I did like uh, Doyle's exiting line. Me too. Uh, it's This is one of my quotes of the day. Doyle's Ditto. exiting line of the scene is, everyone's got dinner plans but us. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I do like puns. Opening sequence. I'm just waiting for somebody to write in and tell me how obnoxious that sounds. Because I know. Really, I listened to it in editing, and I'm like, really? I did that? I'm so sorry, but I'm not sorry. <laughs> and also, I was corrected. They're not violins. They are cellos. So oh. I'm an ass. Who corrected you on that? I don't remember. Somebody, one, of our, one of our fans. Oh, God, I'm going to get so much shit for this now. I just read this like yesterday. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, no. It was actually TurtlesN42, one of our volunteers who helped us pull lines from episodes for our music so oh, cool. yeah turtles n42 you are completely entitled to correct me on things and we already sent them a free t-shirt as well hey send in a picture of that i haven't act yeah. i have not actually seen one of those in person yet we've given out a handful of t-shirts at this point and no one sent us pictures yeah i i want to say four total but we don't have a confirmation on if uh what is it avocado quaggin or something yeah i well, they were in the UK, and we that was the one where we had a male snafu, so we actually found a fucking UK-based t-shirt maker and had to pull a little slipperoo to get the payment through, Yeah, but uh, still haven't gotten any confirmation that it arrived and was received properly. Anyway, definitely not violins. They are cellos. Know this. Cut to... Dale Petit Renard. No. Come on, say it with me. No. Le Petit Renard. Do you honestly think I could get that sentence out without tripping over it? No, I do not. <laughs> I do not believe that at all. Come on. Come on, you got this. Three, two, one. Da no. Le Petit Renard. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> anyway. All right. Thank God this guy's boring as shit. Oh, my God. 
Okay. Hey, Rex, you know what's the most exciting thing in the world? <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, Rex, do you know what's the most exciting thing in the world? Six and an eighth of a cent, Rex. Oh, oh, oh. oh right up there with linoleum. <laughs> Loop me up, Edgar, because I think this party's just getting started. Oh. Hey, don't bring my cat into this. Oh, Edgar, it's going to be so vainglorious. Hey, hey, would you like to anagram some towels? Polish the silverware? Maybe could maybe we could really stir up some shit and get an early start on our taxes. Oh, I've got a pile of receipts just waiting to... Oh, God, I've jizzed myself. <laughs> Oh, you went a little into Stewie from Family Guy there. <laughs> cool whip. God damn it. There's going to be so much cool whip. <laughs> there you go. Anyway. I thought it was absolutely hilarious that the things he's trading on are like farming and stuff. Uh-huh. And so it's like even worse than just like, he's not like a stock trader or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess I didn't even pick up on that. I was just as bored as Cordelia. Oh, God, yeah. Um, They kept it short for a reason. But Cordelia learns a valuable lesson here that you can't put a price on happiness. And sometimes you don't realize you're happy until you get what you thought you wanted. I really wonder if this dude is a bad actor or a really good actor, because I can't tell. Could go either way. (laughs) I mean, I can't think of anything else I've seen him in. Oh, God, no. And it's been 20 years. But that doesn't mean shit, because no. I just saw that Wesley's been in a ton of other things, things that I've actually seen, and I didn't know that. Yeah. So, good for him. You know, this guy could have had a prolific career, or he could have quit and said fuck it and gone and worked at a grocery store. It happens. Or maybe he's, you know, trading in markets. <laughs> Probably and stuff. not. Smash cut from him talking about boring shit like eighths of a cent. And then smash cut to a vampire nest of Angel and Doyle fucking some shit up. And it's rather thrilling. Yeah, it's actually. a pretty good fight. Yeah, probably a little extra romanticized, considering they were going for the juxtaposition between Cordy on a stuffy, boring date and this greasy, sleazy, but glorious and morally superior underground battle of good and evil. <laughs> it's also probably way sweatier than the French restaurant. Yeah, well, you know, I try not to think about the butt soup factor. Um, but <laughs> they all looked quite grungy, too. I can't imagine it smells good in there. Yeah. Oh, man. Just uh, the idea of doing something that exciting really perked me up. Right. Actually. Like, God, I fucking need something exciting in my life. When are we doing a live episode hey. of Beer with Buffy? I have no fucking clue, but I would love to. Oh, right. COVID. Yeah, yeah. never mind. <laughs> So Angel gets face kicked by some sexy punk lady vamp. Doyle gets smashed with a keg. No pun intended. <laughs> also, when I say no pun intended, there's a pun intended. He gets smashed with a keg. Oh, okay. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> After he gets hit, he, he goes demon. You never go full demon. <laughs> but he shakes it off and continues the fight. Yeah, with fucking Sonic the Douchehog over here. <laughs> um, he goes all spiky, and Angel stakes Sonic the Douchehog from behind as he raises the keg again to finish off Doyle. We didn't really get to see how Punky McShiny Pants Brewster over there gets dusted. <laughs> um, <laughs> Punky McShiny Pants. <laughs> Brewster. 
like Punky Brewster, but Punky McShiny Pants Brewster. Okay. Uh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> I like it as well. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you asked me that. <laughs> you didn't ask me anything. I don't know why I'm no. saying No. I don't want to share my feelings. I don't want to open up. I want to find the guy that killed Tina. And I want to look him in the eye. Then what? Anyway, they're saving this dude that was hanging from chains. The angel goes to walk him home, and he's like, Doyle, why'd you shake off your demon part? You're stronger, right? Yeah. And he's just like, oh, you know, it's just not my style, really. I don't like to do that. Want a fair fight or some shit like that? <sighs> he doesn't fight fair Bullshit, anyway. shit, He specifically Doyle. said, it's not like I fight fair anyway or some shit like that. I don't know. And then a loose end pops up. Yeah. Just as they leave the hallway... This big-ass motherfucker that looks like Danny Trejo jumped into a gene splicer with the Olsen twins and comes out wearing their clothes. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with the Olsen twins. Like, what? <laughs> He's wearing a fucking overalls. Yeah. They look like women's overalls. And his haircut. I don't know. He looked like a stupid version of Danny Trejo. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, he follows them out and not even, like, keeping a distance. He's, like, five feet fucking behind him. <laughs> yeah, so he must have, like, some super stealth points on his vampire character sheet here. And so we cut to the street in front of Angel Investigations, where Richie Magoo is dropping off Cordelia. Doyle goes into the building first, and we notice that Danny Kate Olsen vampire <laughs> following Doyle lurking off in the shadows and then we see cordy and her date pull up to the the office yeah she's clearly fucking done with him already and he gets out and he's like no don't you want me to take you home she's like no my car's here well let, <laughs> let me walk you to your car anyway it's a dangerous neighborhood and <laughs> way to tee up the vampire man it was perfect it was a good tee up he gets one good line you're right this neighborhood's crappy. And he, <laughs> <laughs> he grabs Cordelia. Motherfucker Richie Magoo just fucks right off. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> me, me. I swear he jumped up. His legs turned into a circle and we heard the <laughs> as, he, as he took off. Yeah, seriously. Downright cartoonish. <laughs> And so Cordelia bites him in the forearm. I I really liked the fact that she bit him. Do you remember? He was her... trying to bite her in the neck. Right. But do you remember back in the very first season, I think there was vampires trying to like break through a door. One of them put their hand through a door and she bit him and she's like, how do you like it? <laughs> it was one of her quotes <laughs> of the day, oh. early season. I mean, I vaguely recall now that you mentioned it, but no, I didn't remember that at She's all. She's a biter. She's a biter. We've established this. What are you going to do? <laughs> but yeah, she bites the vampire and he's bit. He turns into a, a valley girl now. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, That's so they, that works, they right? spend the rest of the episode shopping at Tiffany's <laughs> and talking about boys, specifically rich ones. <laughs> No, Doyle shows up with a crossbow and fucks up Danny Kate Olsen with an arrow to the foot. That's the downside with crossbows. One shot. You gotta make that shit count. Yeah, well, I think what I think is funny is he couldn't hit the guy's chest because he was 
holding Cordelia, you know, hostage style. Right. But then their feet were also right fucking next to each other. He still had some pretty dead on aim to hit this guy's foot. Yeah. Like he'd have had a better time shooting for the guy's shoulder or something. Yeah. Completely agree. Anyway, whatever. It gets him off of Cordelia and he gets into a scuffle with Doyle now. And then Doyle manages to grab the arrow and stake him with it and it dusts him. I was so expecting him to demon out and that was when Cordy was going to see it. Oh, that would have made that could have made this episode go in an entirely different direction that I think would have been much more interesting. Yes. (laughs) Not that this wasn't a fun episode, but you know what I mean. So, Doyle and Cordy have a moment. Yeah. <laughs> he totally George McFly's out on her. Yeah, Doyle's line is... Well, he starts with, Are you okay? Yeah. Like he just punched Biff out. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm fine. That was... You're so brave. Actually, I, I think we need a mini dramatic reading here, Rex. Okay. Are you Okay. I'm fine. That was, you're so brave. You think you could say that again without so much shock in your voice? You're stepping on my moment of manliness here. I'm sorry. I'm just surprised. Grateful. (laughs) Which part were you going to read? His line. Stepping on my moment of manliness here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know why I liked it so much. I just really liked it. Yeah, the whole that whole part of the scene was kind of fun. It read vulnerable. Yeah, to me. like he seemed he seemed genuinely like open and vulnerable. To yeah, her he at was that moment off put. Cut to next day interior of Angel Investigations. Yep, where Cordy is recounting her horrible, boring ass date. <laughs> She's very confused about her feelings because. Suddenly, she needs guys to be brave and interesting now. She blames Angel for that. And yeah, you know, that that tracks. And Doyle. Yeah. Which, you know, especially with this episode now, also tracks. Yeah. And so, or maybe she's just becoming less shallow now? Nah. Well, she does immediately go like, I am so just done with fixer-uppers after Xander. (laughs) Yeah. It's probably the only mention of Xander we'll ever get this entire series. Yeah. Well, Buffy does come on at least once. It could come up. So I got a quote of the day out of this. Cordy's talking about her date and how he just whoop, 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 right out of there. And she's like, all I could think about was if this wimp ever saw a monster, he'd probably throw a shoe at it and run like a weasel. (laughs) Turns out the shoe part was giving him too much credit. (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, at least the shoe would have been trying. I mean, it's not good effort, but it's some effort. So, Cordy is of the mood that she needs to do something for Doyle as a thank you. Yeah, Angel's like, well, there's definitely more to Doyle than meets the eye. This is kind of another Cordy quote here. It's a very Cordy-rich scene. She says, so I've got to kill myself. I swore when I went down that road with Xander Harris, I'd rather be dead than date a fixer-upper again. Still, maybe you're right. Maybe Doyle does have hidden depths. I mean... Really, really hidden, <laughs> but depths. And I'm going to have to buy him a mochaccino to thank him for saving my life, don't you think? Now, I don't know that I would classify Doyle as the same level of fixer-upper that Xander is. I mean, 
there's been a couple of parallels between Doyle and Xander, and I think it's interesting that they're now comparing the two characters even just a little bit, especially just because they've kind of been shipping these two characters from day one. Oh, yeah. Like, even if it's uh, just for the will-they-won't-they factor, and they have no intention of actually hooking them up at any point in time, they're still kind of shipping them the same way that they did her and Xander for a while. Yeah, Except that Xander was never into her, and it all just kind of blew up into an explosion of sexual tension one day, which was an excellent payoff. Honestly, I thought they were better for each other than her and Doyle. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely true that the amazingly well-rounded deep Cordy that we have here would never have happened without her being with Xander. But she also definitely never could have grown up without leaving Xander. So Right. Anyway, so that line about the mochaccino, I don't know if I read it wrong or because there's a couple different ways that can be taken. It felt like she was saying... Oh, I think the best way for me to vapidly shake this off and not feel in debt to him is to buy him a mochaccino and be done with it. But turns out what she really meant was maybe I need to give him a quick coffee date. Oh, I totally read it as coffee. Not, hey, I'm buying you off with the actual item of a mochaccino. Unquestionably to me, that was, oh, maybe I owe him a coffee date, like a legitimate date. That's the impression I got after she went and talked to him. But before she did, I felt like she was like, maybe I need to buy him off because I feel guilty and indebted to him now. Well, I'm glad it wasn't that. Me too. Absolutely. I'd... Very much me too. Just saying. I thought that was an interesting way to look at that. So in that vein, she decides to go out into the front room and pop the question to Doyle. I mean, knowing Cordelia, it was going to be more of a, hey, this is what's happening. Right. And you're just going to get swept up in this, whether you like it or not. But you'll like it. We know. (laughs) (laughs) But it wasn't that at all. I mean, first off, she walks in on Doyle reenacting being a badass. Oh, my God. That was so stupid. (laughs) But for somebody who is insecure, that's something insecure people do. I understand the concept of reliving uh, moments of glory. I just have a hard time imagining them manifesting themselves like that that's all maybe they do i can't imagine them manifesting themselves like that at all (laughs) he said with an implying look on his face as if he had previously done it yeah i don't know what you're talking about moving on (laughs) cordy thinks he's a dork because he is but she takes it in a cute way oh she thought it was a dorkable yeah and then she Attempts to ask him out and she's nervous. Yeah, a little bit. Oh my God, it was amazing. I was like, this is happening. (laughs) A person needs certain designer things. You shouldn't be trying to eat my friend's friend's brains. Hey, you're a vampire. And then, as fate would stick its dick in your eye, (laughs) Doyle's fucking wife drives a monster truck bulldozer modded to look like the fucking Kool-Aid man right through the giant blue ball dam of jizz and tumbleweeds that is Doyle's sex life. And it's like, oh, yeah. Could you sign these divorce papers? And oh, hey, here's my twat of a fiance. (laughs) Too much? (laughs) Just a little bit. <laughs> Not too much. Uh, much too much. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, God. Sorry, I get a little carried away sometimes. <laughs> Doyle's estranged wife steps into the office. I, if you want to be accurate, <laughs> hard air quotes. And her name is Harry. And apparently Doyle's name is Francis. I'm assuming short for Harriet. Yeah. But that's just the exennial in me going, we have to code genitals by well-known names that are associated with genitals. According to the Buffy Wikipedia, it's short for Harriet. Oh, well. Oh, thank God. I was really questioning my core <laughs> value system for a moment there. Cordy's surprised to find out that Harriet is Doyle's wife. Not ex-wife at this juncture. They're still married. Still married. She's been off fucking around in other countries, doing whatever. Did Angel know previously that he was married? Because Angel doesn't miss a beat here. Yeah, I feel like Angel has a little bit more information than Cordelia does. They've definitely talked more, real talk, than especially more than Doyle and Cordelia. But also, I want to say, don't quote me on this, but I want to say that there was one mention of it in a previous episode. Because I feel like I knew this was coming because of something that happened recently. Yeah. Not I like not for life remember what it was. Yeah, not like a ghost of a 15-year-old memory right. of, I'm pretty sure I remember him being married. But anyway, blah, blah, blah. Sounds like Doyle had some drama with his wife. I don't like her. She can fuck right off. Cordy is beside herself. I'm like, you are standing in the way of me shipping Cordelia and Doyle. And I know he's only got a couple of episodes left to do this, and I want them to be happy, goddammit. Happy, happy, happy. Happy, 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 happy. So Angel steps in all dad-like, and he's completely unsurprised and supportive, as you were saying only a moment ago. Yep. Doyle claims that the business is his, and Angel just fucking rolls with it. Angel's like, let him have it, because Cordelia's like, oh yeah, in his drip. No, let him have it. Angel's actually a pretty solid wingman. Yeah, when he wants to be. Very nice. I've had better. (laughs) So Cordelia asks if they were only married for green card purposes. Nope, they were madly in love. In comes Richard. Rich, 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 dickard. Yep, rich is a dick. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Did you notice we've seen this actor before? I did notice this, and I really thought that... But honestly, I was like, no, it has to be a different actor. This can't be the same guy. No, this... I mean, I was getting a huge Ted vibe off of him. Like, you know, the serial killer robot. Yeah. Or he's going to turn out to be some evil cult leader demon. I mean, doesn't he look like that guy from that episode? Uh, You know, Anne from Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I looked it up. It's fucking him. Yeah. They're recycling actors now because it's not the same character. Nope, it is not the same character. Different kind of demon. Also, somehow I completely forgot that he's in the first episode of Firefly as well. Huh. Sounds like something... Joss Whedon just loves recasting actors. Oh, yeah. I mean, that happens, I want to say, with all directors. They like working with some people and they want to work with them more. I get that. But also... I think it was a deliberate choice made here to cast him in this role because we get immediately this vibe from him that, oh, that dude's a demon. Right. Like we immediately, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, shit, there's something up with him. And I think that was a very subtle 
thing that they chose him because he had been previously a secret demon. Mm-hmm. So they used that as emotional leverage to get us to feel the same kind of trepidation that Angel and Doyle feel about him. Very possibly. I mean, it worked out that way, at least. I think they probably just felt like, you know, we know we've used this guy before, but there's just nobody else that can play this part like this guy. He's so good at this. He's yeah, just, and he is. Um, And I mean, there wasn't this culture of if you don't have continuity, then you're just shit going on quite yet. Right. It hadn't quite gotten to the ridiculous depths that it has these days. I mean, hell, the fucking Star Trek reused actors constantly in new roles. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, just put different alien face putty on them. Yeah, I mean, at least they were using heavy prosthetic makeup on them, so it was excusable. But anyway. He comes in and mistakes Angel for Doyle. He does. Yeah. Well, you're just a very handsome man. I didn't know you'd be so handsome, but I figured you had. And now I'm not. He's like, no, I'm not. Yes, you are handsome. No, I'm not Doyle. That's Doyle. Turns and looks at Doyle and goes, oh, that's more like it. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> what a fucking tip. <laughs> not to say that you're not a handsome man. But, yeah. So, yeah. Without confirming anything in advance, he just blurts out that their wedding is coming up. Yeah, I think he does it on purpose. Like, there's no fucking excuse for that. You know that she had only been in there for less than five minutes and she hadn't dropped the bomb that she wants a divorce and she's getting married yet. Did he fucking think that she had walked in and been like, bitch, give me a divorce. Right. Like, no, there's got to be some fucking like, where the hell have you been? There's this little thing called tact. Some people have it. Some people don't. I am one of those people. I'm about as subtle as a brick to the face. <laughs> He's very polite, though. Yeah. But thinks I'm he... I'm not that polite. Seems to think that he can <laughs> get away with bullshit because he's got this whole naive vibe going on. Well, gosh golly! Gosh diggity dog! I will say this, the actor, he does not pull that off nearly as well as the guy who played the mayor. Nobody pulls it off as well as the guy who played the mayor. <laughs> no one expects the Spanish Inquisition! <laughs> So, yeah, they're getting married. Angel's like, oh, Cordy, time to go. (laughs) Cordy just starts getting interested um, when she finds out that she's marrying somebody else. She's like, go on. (laughs) She needed a fucking. I need some entertainment. She needed a fucking bucket of popcorn. And Angel's like, nope, we're leaving. Get out. (laughs) And then Harry kicks Richard out. This is when she presents to Doyle that she wants divorce papers signed. Good God, this conversation just takes forever. It's like, you can tell how uncomfortable Doyle is. Please just leave him alone. What's this trying to hold your hand bullshit? It's, you know what? It's fucking, oh, it's it's so good to see you, Doyle. Well, he obviously is not happy about it, so just leave forever. It's obviously not good for Doyle. And you know what? I thought that was a sign of abuse. Obviously, there's more to it coming up, but I was really just like, you leave Doyle alone, bitch. (laughs) We're protective. Get away from my Doyle. (laughs) Get out of his life and do it fast. Don't come back now, you hear? (laughs) Cut to whiskey. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Downstairs where Angel is pouring them some drinks, but uh, Doyle doesn't want a drink due to something Harry said to him when she first walked in. That doesn't stop him from having two, because you know what? 
Whiskey is a place, Rex. <laughs> it's not just a thing that you drink. It's not just a time of day. It's a place. Fucking deal with the cold hard facts. It might be a hard pill to swallow, but sometimes when you're in whiskey, it doesn't matter where you are. You are the whiskey. The whiskey is you. Now stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Wait, can we smoke whiskey? No, I don't. Life think we finds can. a fucking way, goddammit. I know there's people who dip cigars in like alcohol. Genius, make it happen. Print it. Sounds fucking gross to me. Well, smoking is fucking gross. Anyway, Doyle's a little hung up on Harry. Yeah, and he explains that they got married, and shortly after they got married is when he discovered that he was half demon. And he alludes that it freaked her the fuck out. Yeah, he feels a little guilty about the way things ended. But to be fair, he didn't even know that he was half demon. Right. Apparently that was a deal breaker for her. What a bitch. Boy, is she in for a surprise because she must have a type. He's like, oh, but Richard seems nice. (laughs) And like kind of going on about, oh, she's got a second chance, all this. Uh, maybe that'll be better for her and everything. And then all of a sudden, Angel's like, yeah, but you know what? <laughs> I think there's something up with Richard. And he's like, right! I told you! <laughs> I saw it! <laughs> Just the look in his face! He's a skeevy motherfucker. No, really. Also, something about that mole. I don't know. But, yeah. So he asks Angel to do some reconnaissance on old Richie. Or should <laughs> I say Ken? Yes. You know, I think... You know, they're both, but they were different kinds of demons. It is possible that he could have somehow taken Ken's likeness somehow. Maybe there's just a limit to how many different people demons can be. Maybe they knew each other. or Maybe he <laughs> saw that body and said, "Ooh, I want to look like that. And he just has that option. I don't know. Whatever. Fuck it. So I did like Angel's line when he agrees to look into Rich for Doyle. He's like... Uh, don't tell Cordy. She'll want to charge you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then Doyle chugs a couple more shots of Schwiski. I mean, take it easy, motherfucker. Sip that shit. Yeah. Unless it's cheap and then mix it with something. Yeah. You don't shoot it. Like, that's <laughs> why it's bad for you. You're getting yourself way too drunk way too fast when you do that. I don't see Angel putting on tights. Oh, now I do, and it's really disturbing. Protecting young women such as yourself? Oh, yeah, there's been uh, four. And three of them are very much alive. Cut to outside on the street. Where Angel does a Batman! Bat Angel is doing his Creature of the Night routine, traveling by rooftop. Angel! Yeah! I'm so jealous. I really want to travel by rooftop. I have done it. It's hard. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it is for a human. Yes. So Angel's spying on Richie, who's just walking down the sidewalk, but then he saunters past this parked car that's a bit suspicious and nondescript, grabs a package out of the passenger window, and just probably drugs! Keeps him moving along. It looks like a drug handoff, definitely. I loved how Angel walked these rooftops, because there were three rooftops... They were each slightly lower than the next, and he just walks off the edge casually and drops down each one. Right. And it was just so nonchalant. It was fantastic. Yeah. Well, it actually looked like there were feasibly distanced platforms. Yeah. But from the angle that we were at, it was like, oh, no human could jump that distance. 
but then he didn't actually end up falling all that far when he did jump. Right. So it was probably still a stunt double, but who cares? I don't know. It was neat. I want to travel by rooftop. It'll be great. You <laughs> can do this. going to make it happen. It's going to be awesome, bro. After Richard gets his probably drug package, he goes to a steakhouse and goes inside. It's the interior of Straley's Steakhouse Kitchen, which is his family-owned restaurant because he yep. is Richard Straley. Yep. And he puts the package in the fridge. Some time passes, and he comes back in with Harry. And she's got a bunch of packages. She's very excited about them. Yes. He goes to get some wine and comes back with a knife. And in the meantime, he's turned into a demon. And we get some very ominous music. And he's holding this knife. And he's like, I'll be right there, honey. <laughs> yep. He demoned out. And as he's walking up to Harry, Angel busts in through a window. Ominous evil music plays. He, uh, yeah, Angel Kool-Aid mans his way through the window. And he's like... Oh, yeah, he's a fucking demon. And she's like, oh, no, I know you did not just destroy that fucking window. Because <laughs> she knows he's a fucking demon. Yeah. And it gets real awkward real quick. Well, Angel's like, he's a demon. And she's like, yeah. Duh. <laughs> she loves demons. Well, it's explained that Henry is now actually an ethno-demonologist. Yeah, who knew? Which apparently is a thing. Apparently, yeah, turns out. Um, and Doyle was just the depressed, wet blanket of their relationship and wouldn't go out and meet other demons and embrace his demonhood, so she moved on. Yeah. And it wasn't this sob story of, oh, she fucked off because he was a demon. She says that, what, he told you I freaked out? Well, yeah, I freaked out, and then I got over it. Right. Uh, cut back to Broody Headquarters. Where it's, it's not just Angel being broody. In fact, it's mostly not Angel being broody this episode. Oh, right. Surprisingly. Doyle has a depressing but freeing epiphany. I mean, Angel is annoyed that he broke a window for nothing, but... Well, and I have I have Angel's line here because I really liked the, the read on this. Uh-huh. Go for it. Because he opens the book and he finds the entry for the Anomovic Demons... And he's like, Anamovic demons, once a nomadic tribe, at one point they did have violent leanings. And Doyle's like, see, I knew, I knew, they're, uh, aha, she's I knew in it. trouble. But gave up these orthodox teachings and language around the turn of the century. Now they own a number of restaurants with pretty expensive windows. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, he would know, because he broke one of them and now has to pay for it. Yeah. And there goes their entire first job's earnings. <laughs> As soon as Angel says pretty expensive windows, Doyle immediately goes, I'm going to chip in on that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I really liked Doyle's line here. He says, you know, all that time Harry would go on about what an amazing thing my demon half could be. The worlds that opened up to us. I thought she was just trying to make me feel better. I thought she was just pitying me. But it was true. I wasn't listening, you know. Harry didn't leave because of the demon in me. She left because of me. I just thought that that was a really amazing introspective moment. And oh, yeah. Great amount of character growth. So that's one of my quotes of the day there is um, that little speech. And transition to the office where he's handing off the papers to Harry. Yep. She goes into the other room to get copies of the divorce papers made with Cordelia 
and invites Cordelia to her bachelorette party. This is the shit that literally could only happen in a goddamn TV show. Right. I, I would never in a million years agree to this. But she's like, well, you know, Richard just wanted a minute alone with Doyle to invite him to his bachelor party. And cut to out in the other room, Richard invites Doyle to his bachelor's party. He's like, you know, it would just mean so much to me, but it'd mean even more to Harry if you would come to my bachelor party and give us your blessing or some shit. And I'm just like, bitch, uh-uh. Yeah. Even if he did have that little epiphany in the last scene where he's like, oh shit, I really was just being a wet blanket on our marriage. And it was my issue of not being able to get over my demon half that was the problem, not hers. I'm still not going to my fucking ex-wife's new husband's bachelor party. I could understand doing that kind of thing if the divorce happened a long while back and you've grown into a friendship. Right. Then, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But outside of that, what the fuck? Yeah, too soon, man. Too soon. Ripping the tape off. (laughs) Definitely. I'm like, congratulations, you're divorced. Speed morning. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you slow down the shot, you can actually watch his facial expressions as he goes through all of the seven stages of grief in a matter of five seconds. Isn't it five stages of grief? I don't know. However many stages of grief there are, that's how good he is at it. He added a couple (laughs) just for good effect. He backtracked a little bit there. (laughs) He, He... He got past anger, and then he was like, you know what? I wasn't done there and had to go back. (laughs) Nobody's perfect. (laughs) But he's still damn skilled. Damn skilled at grieving. So cut to suburbia hell. Oh, God. In actuality, it is Richard's parents' house. Yep. They're listing off all the things that they're going to be doing at the bachelor party. Yeah. So party plans. Greetings. Drinking. Food. Drinking. Stripper. Darts, ritual eating of the first husband's brains, charades. Hey, now, just hold the fuck on a second. What the hell do you mean, charades? Fuck that game. Nobody likes charades. But Richard being Richard, the dick that he is, it's like, I think charades will be quite fun. I think that sounds fun. (laughs) But yeah, what the fuck eating? (laughs) I'm really pissed that they, they threw this scene in here, honestly. What? Again, they're like, yeah, you know what? Oh. We're going to fuck any tension. Yeah. Like, fuck tension. Or any kind of suspenseful buildup. Yeah. To like, oh, what's wrong? What are they going to do? They can't just be the nice guys. Like, imagine if you didn't find out that his brains were going to get eaten until he's thrown in the fucking case thing. Honestly, I thought it worked this time. I... I thought this scene was hilarious and I was glad that they did it because I felt like it was more interesting waiting to see how it goes down now that I knew what was going to happen because like we knew he was going to fucking turn out to be evil from second one just based on who they cast. But there were other points in time where it just would have been so much nicer if they just hadn't given us the answer already. But there was enough meat to this one. I suppose. Where it was interesting anyway, in my opinion. Judging by your uncomfortableness, I would say you're either about to ask me out on a date or you need a favor. Well, see, the thing about detectives is they have resumes and business licenses and last names. Pop stars and popes, those are the one name guys. 
So yeah, immediately we cut to the bachelor party. Duh, steakhouse. That one kind of works. Cool. You gonna do it with me? Sure. It only works if we do it at the same time. Fine. Duh, steakhouse. There we go. We're gonna have a new bronze someday. (laughs) I swear. So Doyle shows up to the bar, which is Richard's family restaurant. We already established that. Uh, Angel is with Doyle, and the family seems displeased about this. I can only imagine Angel's inner monologue as he's walking into a fucking bachelor party. It's like, (laughs) I'm a fucking immortal creature of the night who's murdered hundreds, if not thousands, of innocents, and I still feel obligated to go to droll social events for emotional support. I am the knight! (laughs) I imagine after he rants about that for a while, he's like, and I still have more to read in my book. (laughs) (laughs) Can't even get a good fucking fucking book read of fucking eternity (laughs) (laughs) but angel is definitely going to be doyle's saving grace i was very curious to find out how angel immediately notices the brothers speaking in their demon language yeah because it's supposed to be a dead language way to be covert you dumb fucks yeah well they just assume that they don't know who Angel is, really, for the most part. True enough. They just assume he's some dickbag, and they assume he's human in a minute here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're talking in their demon language, no doubt discussing the logistics of eating Doyle while Angel is there. Right. Does sound complicated. <laughs> well, it was. It is. It, <laughs> yes. It will be. <laughs> so Richard pulls Doyle over to the bar, pours him a drink, and then proceeds to talk to him about his ex-wife that he's about to marry. Good Christ, why would anybody agree to this? Rich is like, hey, Doyle, tell me about Harry back before I met her. Mm-hmm. And then th- they cut away. Like, they don't show any of what Doyle was about to say about Harry. They cut to Cordy and Harry talking about Doyle. Having the same conversation, basically. Yeah, yeah. about Doyle. About a character that we care a lot more about. And I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's brilliantly written script. I'm just saying, if I were actually in that situation, oh, yeah, God, I, I yeah. never would have agreed <laughs> to even go to that bachelor party. But yeah, you covered it over at Richard's parents' house. Apparently, Doyle used to be a third grade teacher. Well, <laughs> okay. One of my quotes of the day here is Cordy's response to finding out that Doyle's a third grade teacher. She says, are you sure he wasn't just held back and used that as a cover story? <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, I, I would totally see Doyle trying to do that. Right? But she says that Doyle had gotten his teaching credentials before they even met. But they were married at, what, 20? Yeah. As they just established a little earlier. What is he, some kind of fucking prodigy? I don't think you need more than an associate's to teach, like, third grade. Back then, maybe. Now you need a bachelor's to uh, teach anything K through 12. But for the most part, they're looking for double bachelor's degrees. And you still have to go off and do a year of student teaching to get your certification. Maybe he was one of those ridiculous high school students who did a bunch of fucking college credits during high school. I knew a couple of those people who basically had an associate's degree out of high school. Yeah, I know a guy who was an EMT like right out of high school almost but anyway i don't see it it doesn't really fit his character if you ask me apparently it did at one point 
I mean, that's canonical story now. If you say so, because they had already spent an episode telling us that he's got this seedy underground backstory where he's got all this debt built up and an entire network of stooges and thugs that are like mad at him and friends with him for various reasons. How old is he? I don't fucking know, but they make it sound like he's only in his 20s. He's got to be late 20s. I mean, if they got married at age 20 and she left shortly after he turned into a demon, so they were only together for a couple of years, add four or five years on that. Four or five years, that's... So you're saying he could have done all that seedy underground shit after their separation? Yeah. All right, fine. I can go with that. Some people just break bad. (laughs) Sometimes you just gotta cook meth. (laughs) So cut back to the steakhouse where Richard's fucking with Doyle's head some more. Yeah. Like he's not hung up enough on Harry. Blah, blah, blah. She'll always love you. I can never be her first. I just need your blessing. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, look, a stripper with a Smurf theme. (laughs) That looks entertaining. I was more focusing on the fact that uh, Angel just completely fails to blend. Oh, yeah. The man doesn't blend at all. No, not even a little. I mean, we didn't expect him to blend into a party. Right. Did we? (laughs) And But he does check in on Doyle. Doyle's holding up okay, actually. Like, despite the fact that this is a pretty shitty situation and fuck Rich for emotionally abusing him this way. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's doing just fine. He's, after all... A masterful speed griever. (laughs) So he's miles ahead of where any normal human being would be. That must be his super demon powers. Right. Speed grieving. (laughs) Anyway, well, looks like we're only a round of darts away from eating Doyle's brains. This should escalate quickly. Yeah, and it does because uh, Rich's brothers head into the back and Angel decides, you know what, I'm going to follow those two fuckers, because they're suspicious. Yeah, so Angel does some sneakity-snakey snooping around. Oh, thank God, finally something interesting. Kind of walks in on a, not a full ritual, like preparations for a ritual. Yeah, it's the dad or the uncle or some shit doing some, like he's cutting his palm, which... That is such a trope that I am so sick of, cutting the palm, because they never look like it hurts. Like, I don't care if you're a demon, that has to hurt like a motherfucker. Yeah, and then, like, you've got so you many nerves. You use that for things. Yeah, like- you've got so many nerve endings in your hand. Oh, God, yeah. And uh, good luck uh, tying your shoes for the next three months. Good luck doing anything. Yeah. Hopefully he's right-handed. Yeah, 90% chance that he was right-handed, definitely. But who knows? He's a demon. But yeah, he says something in some demonic language. And why is he fucking doing blood rituals with the door open? That's like masturbating or taking a shit with the damn door open. (laughs) What if these sorts of demons are like cats and they get really upset at closed doors? (laughs) (laughs) That's canon. I'll take it. You close the door and these big red ridiculous brow ridge demons start just pawing at the door going meow, meow, meow. That tracks. Yeah. Completely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Come back to suburbia hell. Yeah, where uh, Angel calls Cordy and wants to talk to Harry. And he remembers the chanting perfectly. Right. 
and wants Which, translations. You know, that might be in the range of like things that him being a vampire helps is memory. Sure. He's a sharp guy anyway. Yeah. I'll give him that. Harry is like, no, that's a dead language. That doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, whatever. I think it's more impressive that the way he recites it to her, she's not writing that shit down or anything. And later she's looking it up and she fucking remembers it word for word. Right. Like he didn't say, hey, I'm about to tell you this thing in a dead language. You should remember it and translate it later. Blah, 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 blah. I don't recognize this dead language, but I also remember absolutely everything that you just said. I don't know. Whatever. It kept the story moving anyway. But it's a plot hole, Josh. Well, sometimes when you need to keep the story moving and you're not exactly sure how to, you just got to get in your car and take a little trip (laughs) on down to the Plot Hole Emporium. (laughs) Hey, is there an ancient demon dead language that you don't know anything about and nobody else does either? Well, tell you what, you can just play a game of telephone and it'll work out just fine. Keep the story moving. That'll be eight trillion dollars. Isn't that so much better than writing a real story, Rex? Sure. No, it's actually much more expensive. (laughs) These are convenience prices. Oh, God. (laughs) It's not very convenient. Exactly. (laughs) Like a fucking convenience fee at a bank. That's not a convenience! Now don't forget to plot your holes (laughs) before we hold your plots. I don't know. I need time to think of those. I'm with Wolfram and Hart. Everybody should have a lawyer like this. Mr. Winters shall never be convicted of any crime. Ever. Should you continue to harass our client, you'll be forced to bring that in the light of day. I want that stricken from the record. The place I'm told is not all that healthy for you. Angel gets off the phone, runs into Rich's brother, and they have a fight! Oh yeah, motherfucker like bumps into him. He's like, hey, man, what's your problem? I have no problem. Are you being disrespectful? It's like me and Rex at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> Motherfuckers just come up to us and they're like, you're going to play pool with us. And we're like, no. Are you being disrespectful? You're so disrespectful. I'm just trying to be your friend, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, though. We're not even exaggerating. <laughs> What, you don't want to be my friend? No, I don't want to be your fucking friend. I don't know who the fuck you are. Please stop hovering (laughs) drunkenly at our table. So, yeah, there's a fight. Angel gets jumped by all the brothers and cousins and uncle dude. And then he gets defenestrated. Thrown right out that second story window. Yeet. (laughs) Yeet. (laughs) Yeah, they whack him up good, huck him out the window. They think he's a human, methinks. They're like, oh, that's done. That's dealt with. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) He can't hold his liquor, can he? (laughs) And then we're cutting back and forth to Richard's lap dance while this fight is going on. And so now we're back at the lap dance finishing up. And Doyle approaches him and gives him a very heartfelt little speech. He's like, you know, I I regret a lot of things in, in my life and... Not making Harry happy is one of them, and I guess I've got a second chance at it and all to make her happy and not stand in the way, so I give you my blessing. And then Richard's like, hey, look, he gave his blessing. And, you know, I just ask one thing, and it's that you don't touch me lucky gray matter, because they're mine and not <laughs> yours, and ooh, I love them so much, because they're amazing, and you'll never get them from me. Nope. 
<laughs> not with me wily Irish rainbow magic stopping you. Oh, Jesus, what are you doing to me, skull? Oh, Lord God, no. Why would, why would you even want to do that? What are you, what are you wearing, a lobster bib? Shit. Christ, I asked one thing, and that's not to eat my fucking brains, and you're doing it. Why are you doing that? It can't even be good. <laughs> It doesn't taste good. It's brains, and it's you didn't even cook it. <laughs> I need a moment. I need a moment. Ouch. <laughs> not prepared for that in retrospect i really should have been prepared for that but (laughs) oh jesus fucking christ (sighs) so then what happens rex so rich takes the blessing as consent they throw doyle in a box right in the old boo box this is actually the kind of box that you'd use for a magic trick where you're going to stab it with swords. Oh, right. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's more like a Christopher Pike wheelchair box, but also the swords one. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> they throw him in there and he's like, uh, uh, guys, I, this is great, really, but I can't reach the pretzels. <laughs> like, he's so nonchalant, like, like, obviously shit's gone sideways really quick, and he's like... Um, I'm not gonna freak out. Oh, this hey, is fine. It's, it's not a party until you're locked in a box. Shit. <laughs> and you know, that actually might be the case with Doyle. Yeah, yeah, he's a freaky guy. They poke him in the head with a syringe, and he's like, oh, my head is numb. Rich is like, well, we wouldn't want you to suffer when we cut into your skull. <laughs> What's that you say now? <laughs> All we want to do is eat your brains. That was the first Colton song I ever heard. It's one of his most famous to this day. Yeah. So we cut back to suburbia hell, where Harry and Cordelia have translated the passage. They're like, hey, so about this tradition, well, they're certainly not going to eat your ex-husband's brains, for instance. (laughs) What are we even doing here, Rex? This show makes fun of itself. <laughs> it does. It's become self-aware. Oh, R- fuck! Run! Run! God. <laughs> <laughs> Cut back to the ritual ex-husband brain-eating ceremony. Okay, sure. All right, say it with me. The ritual, ritual ex-husband, ex-husband brain-eating, brain-eating ceremony. ceremony. Wow, you did that way better than I was expecting. Yeah, I did, didn't I? I'm, I'm impressed with myself. <laughs> Good job. I think it's because I was specifically trying to not have inflection. Oh, okay. You just got to robot it sometimes. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, then, then the best moment in the entire episode. Do tell. The brother walks in and sets down a fork. <laughs> and the uncle picks this up and says, this is a shrimp fork. What the fuck is this? <laughs> This is a shrimp fork. He's going to eat the guy's brains with a shrimp fork? <laughs> well, you told me to bring a utensil. That's not a fork. <laughs> this is a fork. A shrimp fork? 
<laughs> Our ancestors didn't give us like some special brain eating fork. You go get a soup spoon, you moron. <laughs> that doesn't seem like a better utensil. It's better than a fucking fork. You can at least scrape the sides of the skull. I guess. It's like a bowl in there. You need a like it's chunky. All right, fine. <laughs> You pop the skull off, you stick the spoon in, you stir it around vigorously. It's soup-like. I feel like you'd need an egg beater or something to make it more soupy. They're, they're demons. They have extra uh, strength. Extra strength, yeah. <laughs> Glad we had this conversation. So... <laughs> Just the absurdity of them being like, it's a fucking shrimp fork. What the hell are you thinking? It was a tiny-ass little fork. Not gonna lie. <laughs> It's like, no, I don't want you to eat my brains. And Richard's like, wait, you're not going back on your blessing, are you? That would just be rude. <laughs> like, no, 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 you don't understand. They're not going to eat your brains. It's just going to be me. Like, yeah. Oh, that's so much better. He's like, yes, I, I go back on my blessing. And and he's just so offended that, that <laughs> Doyle doesn't want him to eat his brains. The uncle said something along the lines of like, don't be ridiculous. You're going to eat his brains. Yeah. And he's like, he's right. I would be honored to eat your brains, Doyle. <laughs> they do the slow zoom in on Doyle's face. He doesn't even have anything to say anymore. He's just like, oh, Christ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck. There's no, there's no lot. There's no arguing with that. There's no <laughs> logic here. Cut to the alleyway where it has taken Angel way too long to get up. And vamp the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they did beat him up pretty good. I suppose. I, it took him maybe five minutes. I think that's a reasonable a reasonable amount of recovery time. It would have taken me a couple of months. <laughs> right? Yeah, he was thrown out a window. Yeah. Specifically, even a second story window. They did the defenestration exactly right. Properly. You know, Proper I gotta give defenestration. him- defenestration. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, you gotta give him that anyway. Yeah. They're ludicrous bad guys otherwise. <laughs> well, I mean, they are anyway, but <laughs> even a broken clock is right twice a day. Yep. Back to inside. Angel cosplays as a large red sugary beverage, <laughs> the brand name of which I am unsure of. <clears throat> Anytime I see anybody kick a door off its hinges like this, it just, I want to kick a door off its hinges, man. Right? Just once in my life, I want to kick in a fucking door. I'm sure that can be arranged. I'm sure, but like I haven't come across the the option yet. But I will do it. Just find a condemned house, kick in the door and run. Yeah. And I bet nobody'll even notice for like a week. Right? <laughs> Except for the bums that are already like coked out and living in the basement. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. So they seem ironically put out that Doyle invited a vampire to the bachelor party. Also, they're not prepared for this. <laughs> not in the slightest. They fight. A lot. Apparently, the little box that Doyle is in is on wheels, <laughs> and there's a hole for Doyle's feet because he rolls it around. <laughs> I thought he just kept getting bumped. No, he's like dodging. He's like moving it side to side and shit and dodging. <laughs> How fucking goofy is that? It's pretty goofy. I love it. Also, he manages to break out of the box when somebody bumps into the latch and pops it open, and he goes full demon. Yeah, and he has a good line here. He says, Harry says I should mix with other demons. I'll mix. 
Let's fucking go, fuckos. This is the first time that we get a really solid look of his demon part. Yeah. It looks really fucking cool. It is really neat. And I love how during the fight here, he headbutts somebody oh, with his spiky headbutt. With his spikes, yeah. yes. Oh, that would hurt so much. I know. I was like, damn, ow. That is about the equivalent of getting kicked in the face with cleats. Right? <laughs> but it's also just beautiful that he finally embraces his demon side yep. for like the first time ever that we know of. Yeah. And it's it's beautiful. And then Harry and Cordy run into this scene of chaos. Everybody's fucking everybody up. Harry says everyone stop. The record scratches. Everyone stops. <laughs> I know what you're up to, Richard Howard Straley. I'm sorry. Let me try that again. I know what you're up to, Richard Howard Straley. <laughs> the stripper wasn't my idea, Pook, I swear. Not the stripper, Richard. Wait, there was a stripper? <laughs> oh, jeez. Stay on track, Harry. Stay right? on track. Cordy interjects, you shouldn't be trying to eat my friend's brains, you horrible, ugly demon people. And then she starts beating up Doyle, not knowing that it's Doyle. <laughs> With a fucking silver platter, I love it. <laughs> And then he bounces back up. Angel runs over and stops her, and she turns and looks at Angel, and in that time, Doyle undemons out, and then runs up, and he has this big fucking red mark on his forehead. Oh, I didn't even notice that. And Cordy's like, what happened to you? Oh, you poor <laughs> baby. she did it. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what did they do to you? <laughs> I could only see the dotted line on his forehead. I didn't even notice that. It was, it was a good, like, lump. They did, they did good with it. That's excellent. But, uh... Yeah, Harry, Harry is super pissed about Rich wanting to eat Doyle's brains. Specifically, though, she's pissed about him lying about it. As she should be. She gets in a big argument with them about it. My favorite part was the uncle's line, We don't flaunt our beliefs, but they're very dear to us. Harry says, Oh, please, Uncle John, when is the last time you pried yourself away from ESPN long enough to spill the blood of a she-goat? <laughs> yeah they're they're all very much missing the point here yeah they're like and but we need his blessing in order to observe this ritual so that we can get married and she's like but you're gonna kill my fucking ex-husband who's still like a good person and my friend yeah like just because the marriage didn't work doesn't mean they don't give a shit about each other's existence for fuck's sake yeah and it just completely right over their heads because they're evil demons but yeah his family won't consent to the marriage unless they do the ritual and she's like okay well then fuck you bye yeah she pulls <laughs> off her ring very covertly yeah and makes it look like she's just holding richard's hand for a moment but when she pulls away he holds up the ring and he's like oh Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> exactly very nice <laughs> and i love the part as she's walking past doyle she says one word francis just one word and i'll eat your brains <laughs> the brother to the cousin says you don't need her anyway man yeah who wants a wife whose knees only bend the one way <laughs> how would you walk if they bend both ways like, that seems very difficult well i mean i think he was referring to you know, like a goat, like goat's legs. Digitigrade. Yes, exactly. Which don't actually have backwards knees. They just have really long ankles. Yes. 
So we wrap up over at Angel Investigations. Yeah, Doyle is sad and mopey. There's this nice little moment. Yeah, Doyle's taking up Angel's place as the resident brooder for an evening. Yeah, and uh, Angel and Cordy are on the other side of a window, and Cordy's like, well, someone has to go out there and cheer him up, and takes this long pause like she's expecting Angel to do it. So he's like, kind of half shrugs, is like, okay, and he starts to get up and it's like, oh, please, someone with a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, I'm not entirely sure why she picks herself in that case, but... <laughs> You know, she was the only other choice than Angel, so here we go. Her way of cheering someone up is just special. It's <laughs> definitely got a very distinct Cordelia tint to it. Yeah, she goes in and she's like, Are you going to be the loser pining guy full time now? Because, you know, we already have one of those around the office. Hey! <laughs> From both Angel and Doyle. He can get away with it. He's tall. And look at the way his clothes hang on him. <laughs> but you. <laughs> Angel's like, okay, I think you've cheered us up enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, I mean, you go to Cordelia for emotional support and you get what you pay for. Yeah. And they're not paying her for emotional support. They're paying her for filing. Definitely not paying her nearly enough for that. And invoicing. Exactly. And hopefully not typing. <laughs> Which, as we've newly established, she's apparently not very good at, but should be better at yeah. than she actually is. So she explains to Doyle that she actually thinks that he's a pretty nice guy. And not in a nice guy Xander nice guy way, but like, like a legitimate nice guy. Actually nice guy. And he's like, oh, you really think so? She replies with, I think it, I say it. It's my way. Has she said that before? Um, you know, I think she did say something very similar to that because we were like, yeah, no, there was definitely an episode of Buffy in the library where she said yeah, something it like feels very it, similar to that. It feels like that was a quote of the day before. Yeah, definitely. And I tried looking it up and I could not find it any instance where she had said it before, but mm -hmm. like it felt way too familiar. No, you're right. That definitely happened before. But then Doyle goes into a vision yeah. Having a real bad... He's feeling better till the moment his brain decides to explode. Having a real bad migraine. It's never a good day when you're having a migraine. And it's about Buffy. Oh, noes. Dun, dun, dun. Gerarg. Ger fucking arg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. Strength. You've got something here. How'd you feel about this episode, Rex? <sighs> okay. I do not think that this was a good episode. Okay. I found it very entertaining. Yeah. But it was not a good episode. There was a lot of awkward scenes. There was moments that the I think they could have completely written in different ways that would have flowed a lot better. This episode did not flow well for me at all. Really? It felt very clunky and a little too fast. It felt way shorter than it actually was. I did find it very entertaining. It had a lot of great, absurd, funny moments. Yeah. It seems to be the case with a lot of episodes where we're like, it wasn't good per se. It's not... TNG good. It's more Deep Space Nine good. 
So how did you feel about it? Yeah, I just felt like this episode... So when I finished this episode, in looking back on it, especially when I was trying to write the actual synopsis, I was like, is that all that happened? It didn't just didn't feel like a whole lot happened in this episode, because it seems like every episode where he has a vision just feels contrived. Yep. We haven't had an episode where we get the plot derived from one of Doyle's visions for two episodes now. The last one we had was episode four. And the plot of this didn't even pertain to the stupid vision, though. Yeah, you're right. That was just something to get them out of the house for a minute. I mean, it did kind of come back and flow into the plot because it's what ended up making Cordelia be kind of into Doyle. And then they just brought in this wife character out of fucking left field. Yeah. So I get what you're saying about the flow now that I put it that way. Yeah, it just, you're right. It had some fun, ridiculous, quippy little spots. And they made a good call in bringing back that actor, even though there is a little part of me that it really bugs me that he plays two completely different characters not that far apart. Yeah. And it's just because it's a different series, technically, doesn't mean you're not... Like, he's still in the same city. Yeah. Like, that character was in L.A. in that episode. Yeah. So that felt like a huge gaping plot hole, but there's still... I just wasn't interested enough in any of the plot holes in this episode to even do a bit about it. So, yeah, I felt like this was a boring episode, except for the silly parts. The absurdity saved it. Yeah. And not even completely, but at least a little bit. And so we got to see a little bit of character development in Cordelia and Doyle. But other than that, it was a fluffy fuck-all-nothing episode. Yeah. What's your quote of the day, Rex? I have to go with a very absurd quote of the day. Excellent. Um, And that is the shrimp fork conversation. This is a shrimp fork. He's going to eat a guy's brain with a shrimp fork? <laughs> Go get a soup spoon, you moron. Splendid. <laughs> this was a moment where I actually had to pause the, the episode and just sit there and laugh for a solid minute before I could continue my notes. So what's your quote of the day? I'm going to have to go with Doyle's line at the very beginning of the episode. Everybody's got dinner plans but us. Because <laughs> it's just such a stupid pun. And it's one of those puns that just hit my funny bone just the right way. You know, not in the shitty way, like you're slamming it on the dresser corner. (laughs) So, you know, the good way. I suppose. Yeah. I do love me a good pun. Anyway, this has been another episode of Ale with Angel. Ale with Angel. Uh, As always, you can find us on Facebook under Beer with Buffy. You can find us on Twitter under Beer with Buffy. If you'd like to get a hold of us, you can do so on those platforms, but you can also give us an email, beerwithbuffy at gmail.com, or give us a voicemail or text message. That phone number, everybody, is 269-743-0783. Most importantly, if you'd like to really help out the show, you can leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do so in a couple of ways. First, you can buy merch. We have merch store.beerwithbuffy.com we got mugs we got t-shirts we got stickers we also have hoodies yes and guess what hoodie season is among us damn right it is well for those of us who live in hoodie season areas 
Yeah, temperate climates only. <laughs> Unless you're one of those sick weirdos that wears hoodies in the summertime. With shorts. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then also, if you would like to be one of our executive producers, you can do so by supporting us financially. Maybe we'll even name your cat. Patreon.beerwithbuffy.com Thank you very much to JJ Treadway for our new transition and opening music. This has been Ale with Angel. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Have a good night. I'm not a monster, Tom. Well, technically I am. <laughs> I guess I am. I make allowances for you, yes, but I expect a certain amount of responsibility. And instead of which you enslave yourself to this, this cult. You don't like the color? <laughs> done why are we watching this <laughs>